0: Bible Girl Podcast. I'm Jessica Robinson, and I've gathered my Bible, my journal, some study tools, and highlighters in every color for study time. From the practical to the inspirational, I pray that these podcasts give you the tools and motivation to be a Bible Girl, too. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to start a new series that we'll be doing for the rest of the month of April. And I also have a couple of fun grace notes to share with you as well as to let you know about a series that's coming. um, We're probably gonna start it in May, but it's gonna last a while. So let me start off with that and I will tell you what we have coming up in the month of May. I'm gonna start doing something that I've been wanting to do for quite some time and uh, I think it's finally time to, to jump in and get started. This project, this uh, series is going to take us well over, I would say a year or two to complete, but we are not going to do it consistently week after week after week. I will be um, just kind of filtering it in here and there between other series or between individual topics. And it's kind of a a project that will take us for a while to finish. It's not something that we need to race to the finish line. I think it's something that you're going to like. I'm calling the series Let's Read, and each time we do um, an episode in the Let's Read series, we will be picking a different book of the Bible, and we will say, like, let's read James, or let's read Hebrews, or let's read Psalms. And uh, whatever book I pick for that week, I will talk to you a little bit about some important things to know about the book, some things. Uh, thematic elements that you would want to know, certain keywords that get used over and over again to look for. I'll share some of my favorite verses. We'll talk about the writer and and why the book was written and any historical facts that we need to know. We'll also give you some ideas on how to study that book of the Bible or what to look for when you read. And uh, even we've started a little bit of charting in our Facebook group and teaching you how to use charts. And I will even give you a couple of ideas for some of the books on this is something good you could chart in this section or this is something that it would be good to keep a list of as you read. Um, I I would like to just kind of give you a little primer, so to speak, on each book of the Bible and its value for for studying what you should be learning from it and how uh, the book has been used throughout history. It'd just be uh, a great resource. In addition to the fact that I'll be talking through all that in the podcast, each time we do one of these, you will get um, the opportunity to download a page for your grace book on that book that has all of the uh, pertinent details, um, all the uh, important things that I want you to remember. So you'll be able to compile these each time we do a new book. You'll be able to download another one, and eventually you will have one for every book of the Bible, and you'll be able to pull those out. When you're reading or studying, maybe your pastor is going to do a sermon on the book of Matthew. And so you can pull yours out on Matthew and read through it a little bit and refresh your mind about what Matthew is about and what his key themes are. And, and that way you can jump into the sermon series with a little bit of, of foreknowledge, a little bit of advanced information. I think that you'll find this series really helpful. It could get tedious doing it week after week. So we're just going to break it up and take our time. I'm not in any hurry. Um, God's Word. has something to say to us at every stage of our lives so whenever we get to that book it'll be timely and there'll be good things to say so we're just going to kind of meander through that um, in between other things that are coming up this year so I hope that you're looking forward to that I am working on getting a couple of them done and recording them at the end of this month and um, I hope to have at least um, one or two a month and um, some weeks some months just one uh, other weeks maybe more we'll just have to see how it goes so Um, I'm excited about that and I hope that you are too. Now, uh, just a couple of grace notes for you. I have been reading uh, the magazine called Be Still from the Daily Grace Company and I have really enjoyed it. It's a very beautiful magazine. It has um, just beautiful artwork in it it's more like a keepsake almost than a magazine think heavyweight paper and full-page photographs and uh, articles that really uh, sometimes touch an emotional core with me and are, are very good I've been enjoying it I, I save them when I get one I just kind of hold on to it and save it and um, I kind of just In the back of my mind, I know I have one, you know, that's ready. I could read it at any time, but I save it for days when I'm really discouraged or feeling down or, you know, those days when you just need a little bit of inspiration or somebody to just say something that helps you, uh see your life a little differently or reflect differently on the circumstances you're going through. And um, I pull it out because of its beauty and because of its quality. It's just something that I find inspiring. So if you're looking for uh, something a little different, you could check that out on their website at uh, the Daily Grace Co. Also, something else I've been doing lately that I wanted to talk about is I, I like to journal. I like to keep track of what's going on in my life. I like to journal my thoughts. In fact, recently I was having a little bit of a meltdown getting back into my life after surgery and and still with the tests and things I'm going through to determine where my cancer treatment goes next. I feel at times like my life is a little bit crazy and out of control and my My mom, the other day, I was having a bit of a meltdown and she's like, after dinner, I want you to sit down and I want you to write down everything you just told me on paper. And she knows that that's how I process things. And I I had been avoiding it because I was afraid that if I started writing, I wouldn't stop. And so with her encouragement, I did sit down and I wrote some things out. And it was uh, it was very, very helpful and exactly the wisdom that I needed. I enjoy that. I find that writing things out helps me process. It helps me think more clearly about my life. So I like to journal at the end of the day. But sometimes I, put, I don't because I feel like, well, I'm tired. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to say. And it, I just kind of will avoid doing it and so I was encouraged recently through something that I read online about doing a template a journal template that you you just kind of follow through every night and I decided I was going to play around with some journal templates and I've tried three or four different ones and I've settled on one um, right now that's working for me and I want to share it with you in case this is something you would like to do as well. In the evening, I just date my my journal, put the date entry at the top, and then I list three things I did that day, three things I'm thankful for, and three things that I wanna tell God about. And I find that keeping it to three things is helpful for me because when I'm tired and it's time to uh, start winding down for the evening and I want to go in and and maybe read my Bible before bed or pray, I find that it's easier to do this because I know that I only have to come up with three things and um, I'm following this little format. I don't have to think about what to say. I just follow three things I did that day, three things I'm thankful for, three things I want to tell God about and i like the three things i did because i like to keep track of like what i'm reading or what i a great movie i saw that day or maybe a conversation i had with somebody that was good so it gives me a chance to kind of keep little notes about about highlights and and even sometimes things that don't turn out so well and then of course the thank you is is really being aware of the fact that god is present in our lives and that he is working through the things of uh, circumstances that we face and and then three things i want to tell god about things that maybe i struggled with that day or somebody that's on my heart or my mind or something i'm worried about for the next day or or something that i i really just want to put in his hands and get a good night's sleep and not dwell on that and um, so this this format, this little template, has been very helpful for me. And so I would encourage you, if that's something you would like to try, that you work out a template. You're welcome to use this one, but also just take it and run with it and make your own template. I think you'll find, if you've been putting off doing it in the evening because it seems daunting, that having a template will be something you will find um, helpful and more uh, willing to stick with it over time. So those are your grace notes for today. So we're going to be starting a a new series here this month. We're going to be looking at um, what I call power verses. And these are verses that are powerful in that they have a profound impact on all areas of your life. And I realize that all of God's Word is powerful, and I realize that God's Word has an amazing ability to cut through um, and get to our hearts. But I think there are some verses that if we really take them and apply them to our lives and we believed them and lived them, that the repercussions of them would trickle out through so many areas of our lives. And I want to talk about some of those verses, and I want to give you a little bit um, of encouragement on how to... to apply those verses and how to bring those uh to pass in your life and so we're gonna pick i mean there's there's a lot of these verses in the bible but we're gonna pick just four i'm limiting myself so that this doesn't go on until Oh, Jesus comes back. So we're going to limit it to a few verses, but what I'm I'm picking are verses that will speak to hundreds of circumstances. I will use a few examples as I talk about them, but uh, specifically these verses will apply to a, a vast number of areas in your life. And I hope that this is a blessing. I hope this is something that helps you take um, the next step or move to the next level with God, so often we find ourselves stuck. And I think these are verses that are are the kind of uh, verse that when we take it and we really accept what it says, believe what it says and live it out, it will move us forward. It will get rid of uh, those stuck places, those stumbling blocks, those uh, sticky places where we just seem like we cannot move on. So the first one today that we're going to look at is Philippians 2.13, and I'm going to read the verse to you, but it's important to get some context, and so we're going to go through that beginning part of it as well, but uh, Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, this is obviously part of a larger section because it doesn't, it's not even a full sentence. It's a phrase. For it is God. He's referring to something else, um, that he is, is speaking about, and he's telling them that this is why, this is the reason. The reason that, that I've just told you all of these things is because it's God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So we're going to back up a few verses, and we're going to start in verse 5. So in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence but much more in my absence— Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So, now let's break this down for a second because, see, we have a problem. It's a problem that all of us universally suffer from. If we are a believer, if we have. Uh, This new nature that Christ has given to all uh, people who confess that Jesus is Lord. We have this, the Holy Spirit comes in and we have this new nature. And so it fights against our sin nature. And so we want to obey God. This problem is, is that, yes, we want to obey God and we want to surrender to him. But our feelings and our sin nature and our own desire for control struggle against this good desire. And so there's this constant battle within us where we want to do good, but we also want to do our own thing. And in these verses, Paul is telling the Philippian people that, that it is God who is responsible to give them the desire and the ability to obey. And this is the key verse. In fact, I think that this verse would answer so many questions in people's minds when it comes to why they have so many bad habits and why they can't seem to find victory in Christ is I think we miss something very true in this verse because see, there's, there's a wrong solution to this problem. Okay, and and we take it a lot, we take the wrong solution. And so we want to obey God and we want to surrender to him. But we also want to do our own thing. And our feelings don't quite line up with the the desire that we have to obey. So it's almost as if our mind is telling us that this is what God says and we know that's important, but it's like our, our heart, our feelings are like, yeah, but I, I wanna do this over here. This seems like a lot more fun and or maybe a lot more satisfying. And so along the way, we what we have is if we're going to obey, then we do this wrong solution where we dismiss our feelings as unimportant We just obey without question or clarification. We stuff the resentment and then eventually give up. And that's, that's something that I, I watch happen. I watch it happen in my own life a lot. I watch it happen in the lives of my friends and my family and the people that I serve at various churches I've worked at and served in over the years. I've watched it happen in, in, in uh, my college dorm room with friends. You know, instead of addressing things, instead of following this uh, model that we have of of Jesus in Philippians, which we're going to talk about and what we just read, instead of doing those things, we have this wrong solution. We just stuff our feelings and act in obedience. And that is not going to help us. God doesn't want that. God wants our obedience, yes, but he does not want Stepford children. (laughs) He doesn't want it separated from our emotions. He does not want us to be robotic or automatons. He wants us to have our feelings and our mind aligned, and he wants us to choose obedience because it's what we want. Because we know that he can be trusted and that he is good. So he wants our obedience in these areas and whatever he's called to us to do. And he is not interested in us necessarily just stuffing it all down and doing it without thought or consequence and just following through and hating it every minute of the way. There is a better way. Jesus modeled us, modeled it for us and Paul is reminding the Philippians of this. So here's the right solution and here is why this is so powerful because there are so many areas of our lives where we're struggling with obedience. We're struggling with following through on what we know God has asked us to do. And so here's the right solution when you're facing that struggle. And as of, after I go through these, I'm going to give you a couple of uh, instances in my own life where this verse has been very helpful to me. The first step is to adopt an attitude of humility. Recognize the fact that you have a sin nature and that you're not always going to make good choices and that the things that you want may in fact be bad for you. I know in our culture today, that is a very foreign concept. Uh, we believe, you know, whatever you want in life, go get it. You know, we have this idea that if it pops into our head, it surely must be a good thing. We think that the world owes us something, that our, our uh, society owes us something. We think that anything that, that we want is good. But there are so many things that you want for yourself that are actually very bad for you. There are things that God knows will not fulfill you. They will not make you happy. They might look bright and shiny on the surface, but they are not going to bring you the lasting satisfaction and joy that his path will bring you. And he knows that. And so we have to start from this place of humility. In in this passage in Philippians, it says that, God That Jesus, even though he was God, he didn't grasp and hold on to that, but he emptied himself and he humbled himself. And how did he humble himself? He humbled himself by choosing obedience, by saying that someone else's plan is the right one. If you remember when Jesus was in the garden, and we're just kind of coming out of the Easter season, so this may be familiar with you. Uh, to you, just before Jesus was crucified, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and his very famous prayer, If there's any other way, Lord, let this cup pass from me. I, I, I would take another option if there were one. This right here is the very definition of humility if there's somewhere else i'd take it but nevertheless not my will not what i want but your will that attitude of humility is not just something where we're just blindly doing what we feel god wants whether without thought without really bringing our whole our whole self into alignment with it but this is an attitude of saying you know what god i don't get this this is not the path i would have chosen this, uh, this way that you've asked me to do it, this, this direction you're taking my life, this thing that you want me to do, I, I don't want to do it. But I'm willing to concede the truth that you know more than I do and that you know what I need in ways I don't. And so we start with this attitude of humility and then, and once again, this is an attitude we start in our heart and we put our, uh, our decision-making, our control, uh, kind of out there on the altar. We just give that to God. But then we do something, and I, I think this is really important, is, is we ask God to clarify uh, or confirm what he's asking you to do. If it's a step of obedience that's clear in God's word, if it says something very clear, such as, you know, do not steal or do not commit murder, something that's very clear in God's word, then you you really don't need to do this step. But most of the things that we're struggling with aren't always that clear. Um, it might be, you might feel that God is asking you to be a missionary. Well, that's very wide-ranged, um, a command. I mean, that might be what God is stirring in your heart, but He needs to clarify that. If there's a specific plan He wants you to take, then He needs to clarify that. Is He talking about joining a a, a mission team somewhere, or something short term or long term, moving to another country, working uh, in a in a nonprofit, and and helping people in your own community or whatever? There's so much. So ask God for some clarification. Ask Him to really uh, confirm what He. He's asking you to do. This is not a um, this is not really one of those things where um, you just don't want to do it and you're kind of putting it off. Remember that we start with an attitude of humility and a willingness to to meet God in this situation. And just like Jesus said, if there's any other way, could you could you give me something else? We're asking somewhat the same thing, although we're not asking to avoid it necessarily, although you could. But um, it's the idea that that I want to be clear that I'm hearing your voice, that taking a step of obedience is a big deal. It affects uh, repercussions throughout my family and the rest of my life. So I want to be clear that I'm hearing what you want. And I'm asking you, God, to clarify and confirm what it is that you're asking me to do. But the prayer doesn't end there. And this is the most important part, I think, that we need to add in uh, to this, this solution. Because this, this part right here is the part that we miss in that wrong solution. And that is, is we need to ask God to give us the desire to obey him. You see, Philippians 2.13 says that it is God who works in you, both to will and and to work for his good pleasure. If we put those in more modern terms, it is God who stirs your heart to have the desire and the ability to do what he's asked you to do. That word will there is that uh, will inside of you. He gives you that desire to follow him. It is his responsibility to put that desire in you. And it is there. I believe it or you wouldn't have this conflict back and forth. This is your sin nature and your new nature fighting against each other. Ask God to help you. Let your good nature win. Let that desire for obedience becomes stronger and louder and more compelling than the desire to do your own thing, to disobey. It is God's responsibility to build that in you as you cooperate with him in a spirit of humility. That God will give you the ability, and we hear all the time, we hear people say, Oh, if God called you there, God will give you what you need to do it, and that's true. But we skip a step because oftentimes going there requires us to set something aside. It requires us to set up our own set aside our own plans and desires or our, our own things that we want for our life. It requires us to set aside our pride or our fear. And and to get to that point, there has to have something has to happen inside of us. We have to be willing to be humble enough to set aside those things and allow God to change our hearts, not just our minds, and not just uh, the, uh, giving us the ability to do something, but giving us the will to do it, the desire to do it. So as you ask God to clarify and confirm what he's asking you to do, you also want to ask him for the desire to obey, to give you those desires for good things. And then here's the last step. Move forward in obedience in areas God has clearly led and trust the desire will follow. Now, you notice that basically the wrong solution and the right solution are very similar because in both cases, you're probably acting in obedience without having the feelings to uh, the desire to do so. But here's the thing. When you, when you add in those middle steps and you ask for some clarification and you ask God to give you the desire to obey, your humility in choosing him and beginning to obey is the fuel that, that, that will bring that desire to pass. And I want to explain it to you in two ways, and I want to explain it to you in a funny way and um, a silly way, and then also in, in a more um, serious way that I think many, many people will identify with. So um, we'll start with the silly one first. Recently, I have been going through a lot of um, tests and health issues and things as I had a cancer diagnosis in a few months ago, and I've been working through that, and God's been very gracious and helping me in so many ways and and my outlook is is very good and I'm pleased with the uh, care that I have right now and the way things are going but one of the things that kind of came out of this is that I don't I don't eat very well when it comes to vegetables you know I I am not a vegetable lover my mother um My mother grew up in a a time where you had, you know, vegetable gardens and uh, you canned your own vegetables and things. But when she got married, she married young and and she didn't have a lot of money and she didn't do a lot of those things. She actually uh, fed us canned vegetables for much of my childhood. Um, Other than, you know, certain times of the year when friends or family would bring fresh uh, produce over from their gardens, but we didn't have a lot canned or frozen and we both basically uh, grew up off of canned peas and canned green beans and things like that. I never really grew to enjoy vegetables. They were always something that I just had to eat if I wanted to get up from the table And so when I became an adult and started making my own food, I wasn't interested in adding a whole lot of vegetables in. No one was forcing me to, so I didn't do it. But of course, um, at this stage in my life, one of the best things that I can do uh, for myself is to eat a little better. And um, so I have been trying to, to force myself to eat vegetables. And guys, I honestly prayed and asked God to give me a desire to eat vegetables, to, to not just eat them, but to want them to, for them to taste good to me, to change my taste buds, to give me that desire inside to choose carrots over onion rings or whatever it is that I uh, was uh, craving otherwise. And I'm finding that that comes as long as I, I began to choose those things. So uh, for instance, uh, one of the things that I've always avoided is I don't I don't like broccoli, and I, it's mostly just the smell of cooked broccoli is kind of gross to me. But um, I just avoided it like the plague, and that's one of the things that is good for me to eat. I, it's got you know some fiber in it and and lots of nutrients, and so uh, broccoli is just a good thing. So I just you know all right God I'm gonna do this, but. Help me to grow to like, you know, give me the desire to like broccoli, or give me the desire to get this down. And I began to just kind of eat it. And over a couple of days, I realized that you know it wasn't so bad. And then um, I began to to actually enjoy it. And I still can't do the cooked stuff, but I eat the raw broccoli every day, pretty much now, and um, here and there, throughout my day. And I am finding in as I see this happen, as I see something change, I'm more willing to try other things. So I've moved on to Brussels sprouts, believe it or not, and uh, some other vegetables. And um, now it's it's becoming so that I, I want the carrots, I want the broccoli, I want the um, the Brussels sprouts. I, I want those things that are better for me. But I had to start eating them first. It's like God did was able to work and change, Me, but I had to be willing to step out and start obeying. I had to put forth the effort on my own part to to align myself with those things. Now, this is not um, necessarily as big of an issue, uh, eating vegetables, as a lot of the other areas that we face. So the reason I like the vegetable story is because it didn't take very long. Uh, it didn't take too long, actually, before I started eating vegetables and enjoying them. And I've been slowly adding a new vegetable every so often and, um, and finding that God is being very faithful and helping me adapt to something new. But some things aren't solved quite that easily. And in fact, many of the things that we wrestle with will take time. And one of those is in the area of forgiveness. I have... Not struggled greatly in my life with forgiveness on a daily basis. I don't generally. I did. I don't generally hold grudges, uh, especially for things that just happen once and are done. Um, it's very hard to offend me. I don't get my feelings hurt easily, and so as a result, uh, forgiveness is something that I d- I didn't struggle with much in my life until a certain point. But there are some people who have an innate ability to hurt us, um, maybe just because of their proximity or the level of our attachment to them. I also think that some things that we have to forgive are just uh, dark things that are harder to forgive. And and I think many of you could identify with that. And I I suffered some feelings of abandonment from several different people in my life. And I had to work through feeling uh, abandoned and and forgive them for that because um, the truth of the matter was I, I didn't know the full circumstances at the time. And and maybe looking back on it now, I, I might not have responded with such pain or, or hurt. But at the time, it was hard. Um, I'm thinking of three specific uh, instances and people in my life and I've had to work through forgiveness and I know it's clear to me that the Bible says that we are to forgive that we are not to hold grudges and that we are not allowed to to carry an offense that we are supposed to be quick to forgive and we are supposed to be willing to extend others the same grace that God has extended to us but forgiveness is one of those things sometimes we just don't feel it we're not ready to forgive we don't feel that we can and so in all three instances and they all took a different level of time but i had to work through this this process to adopt an attitude of humility that maybe I don't know everything involved. Maybe there's more to the story. Even if this was terrible, the truth is that God can use it for his glory. The truth is, is that God has asked me to forgive. And so I have an obligation to do so because he's forgiven me of so much. It's it's an honor to be able to forgive others because of what God has forgiven me for. And so we I, I adapt this attitude of humility. And sometimes it takes a little while to talk myself into that. Sometimes I have to have to pray and ask God, help me be humble, help me to see this from Your eyes. And I ask God as I as I'm willing to meet You here in this situation, I'm I'm asking, you know, what kind of what kind of forgiveness are we talking about? Am I forgiving them, you know, between you and I, Lord, or is this something where You want me to go to them and tell them I forgive them? Is this something that is um, is more Uh, personal or is this something that needs to be um, more public and I would ask God to clarify you know how how am I working through this and and then I asked him just to help me give me the desire to do it make it compelling to me keep this on my heart until I until I can do nothing but obey and I ask him for that desire but you know what I have to make steps forward first In all three instances, I had to choose to forgive before the emotional component of forgiveness came. But because I did step two, asking God to clarify, because I adopted this attitude of humility, because I asked God for the desire to obey, Moving forward in obedience before the emotions were there was not a betrayal of my own emotions. It wasn't a stuffing. It was an honest and open conversation over time, many conversations sometimes with God about these things and trusting him to do his part as I do mine. The wrong solution is always to stuff and and to just Gut level through it and just ignore everything else. It is important to obey. Yes, I'm not giving you an out. You need to work through these things. But the right solution is to rely on this verse in Philippians that says that it is God who works in you and he will give you the desire and the ability to do what he's called you to do, to follow through in obedience, just like Jesus did, and something that was difficult for him as well. We can have that same mindset. We adopt a humility and we ask God to clarify. We ask him to give us the desire. We ask him to confirm the step forward and then we take it and we see what God will do. I think you can see now why these are, this is a power verse, the implications of what this can do in your life, the, the vast multitude of ways that God will use it um, cannot be understated. God will use your obedience and your humility in obedience in ways that you can't possibly imagine now. I've seen it play out in my own life enough times and in, in the lives of people I know to see how powerful God is when we free him up when we don't hold him back by 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 refusing to obey and by holding on to our pride but when we're willing to release them god has great power to work through you and in you and i think that when you begin to do that and you begin to see the effects of it you're going to want more you're going to crave more of god's power in your life and so this is where we start with an attitude of humility I hope that you have enjoyed our look at this first power verse. We'll be back next week with another one. Make sure that you are following us on Facebook and our Facebook group, Bible Girl Podcast. We're starting a study this week. We just started on Psalm 119, and we'll be teaching how to chart through Psalm 119 this month. So if you are not yet a member, I encourage you to stop by and check us out. And I hope that you have a great week and we'll see you back here next time for Podcast Episode Thanks for listening. Go to BibleGirlPodcast.com to email me, download show notes, sign up for my newsletter, print the monthly scripture writing list, and listen to past episodes. Join the Bible Girl Facebook group to get the latest podcast news and to interact with me and other listeners. I'm all over social media as Jesse L. Robinson. That's J-E-S-S-I. L. Robinson I'd love for you to friend or follow me join me again for another episode of Bible Girl